Before we get started, I was listening to the opening song of Fern Gully. It's called Life is a Magic Thing. And I was like, this sounds really cool. It reminds me of that Lilo and Stitch song. Um, Hawaiian roller coaster ride song? Yeah. That is it. They got like a similar vibe. Maybe that's why I like both of them. So I'm going to try something. It's literally the same key. Isn't it that is. fucking wild? It sounds just like a coaster. That slaps. All right. Welcome back to Two Dudes Watch Cartoons, the podcast where two dudes, uh, that's us, watch cartoons. My name is Evan. And my name is Alex. And today we have a great podcast coming to you with an even better guest. Today we are joined by the great Naomi Calhoun. Naomi, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? Thank you guys for having me, first of all. Uh, you might know me from being annoying on Twitter or uh, <laughs> the Live Reality Games podcast or uh, the Silent Podcast covering Project Runway or just in general being uh, a hooligan on multiple podcasts. Guys, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, we're happy to have you as well. So super excited. We've uh, been trying to get this together for a while now, so thanks for bearing with us. We got a good one. I will be honest with you too, though. This is an old movie that we're covering today, and I had never seen it. It's called Fern Gully, The Last of the Rainforest. So I, I went into this a know-nothing audience. I've never seen, I've never heard of this. So I was very much like, okay, I'm excited to see what this is all about. Same here. So uh, I suggested this movie to you guys because, as I was telling Evan earlier, it's the movie at the video source in my hometown. That was where we got like all of our VHS tapes to rent that I always saw, but never took home. And I've seen tons of animated movies. I love animated movies, but I was like, what's a movie I haven't seen that is fascinating to me. And this movie has not only a lot of interesting, like animation styles to it and like has interesting voice performances and some cool artwork and cool music, but also has a lot of weird history. And I was like, we got to talk about this. This has so oh. much to it. And it, it, it seems like it doesn't, but it's got a lot more beneath the surface. Uh, just like the rainforest, I guess. I didn't know anything about a weird <laughs> history though. So, okay. You've got me intrigued. I'm not going to lie. I assumed you had picked this because it was like a childhood favorite of yours. So hearing that mm. you had not seen it till now is a bit surprising <laughs> to me. But this is exciting. Okay, Evan, had you seen this movie as a child? Yes, I have, I have vague memories of it. Uh, pretty much all I remembered of it was that there were like Tinkerbell-sized fairies <laughs> in a rainforest. And then there was there was like a bulldozer or something <laughs> chopping down the rainforest. That's all I can recall. Um, but I was also surprised to learn that that you had not seen it 
prior to asking to cover it on the pod. That's that's like that's a bold move. So yeah. I commend you on that. <laughs> well, I I feel like um I get to do a really fun podcast with my friend Felipe called the Neo Movies, where I've watched like we watched Stuart Little and like the Pink Panther. You know, we watched like Ooh. more live action movies, but those are movies mm-hmm. I have seen. We did watch James and the Giant Peach, which I had never seen. And a good one. I, I just love, you know, I'm a movie person. I love expanding my movie knowledge and watching something I've never seen before because there's so many movies out there and uh, we could, you know, talk about how much we love like a Disney movie all day. But I think there's something fun about visiting the the non-Disney side of animation from when we were kids, you know? I love that. I love the attitude. <laughs> love everything about that because I completely agree. And that's something we try to do on this podcast is we do try to cover some more obscure things that... When someone, you know, really needs to talk about it or listen about it, they have a place they can go. So I assumed that this was like just a huge childhood. You know, this came out in 1992. I was born in 1993. So we just, we're uh, ships in the night. We just missed each other. But I wasn't sure what I was getting into. And so like when I saw the Tinkerbell fairies and I, I saw they were in a rainforest, I was like, okay, what what i i was super skeptical i'm not gonna lie i thought i went into i went into this and i was like oh my god are you kidding me what is this but i was proven wrong i am a man enough to admit and i thoroughly enjoyed this movie and i think i have a lot of exciting things i want to talk about with it so i'm very glad i got to watch it. i just finished it this morning so not often we get such a fresh take from me so i'm excited Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. evan what about you yeah, so this came out April 92. I was born in November 92. <laughs> so this predates me as well. This uh, might be the oldest be... thing we've ever covered. That's crazy. Uh, I think oh my so. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's 20 years old. Yeah. Well, no, 30. 30. 30. It's 30. I was like, wait, I'm not, I'm over 20 years old. Hang on. <laughs> I just like had a moment. Not this me yelling horrible turn. math <laughs> at the top of my lungs like it's class again. Okay. Oh Whew, yeah, it is 30 years old and it's definitely the oldest thing we've ever covered on this podcast, which is exciting because we like covering new things and um, we got to look at where we've been to see how we got to where we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this debuted April 10th, 92. It was shown at the United Nations General Assembly on Earth Day in April 92 as Earth, well. Earth Day is is uh, is good, though. I get it. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, that Convenient. fits with the theme, fits with the message. It grossed $32 million worldwide, which seems pretty small, like even given inflation now. But I do think it has a bit of a reputation as like very much like a time capsule it's indicative of a time where disney was not the only studio on the block um granted fox is now owned by disney fox <laughs> animations who yeah. made this movie but it's yeah there there was a time when not everything was owned by disney um right and this is also like i was doing a little bit more research like this is right around the time that Disney has this huge resurgence with like Little Mermaid and then Aladdin Mm. comes right after it Mm. and Disney was finding success with the musical animated film and in some ways this is taking off the piggybacking off of that but in a lot of ways the the person who made this movie was like had been thinking about making an environmental movie for so long and sort of got it made and I'm very impressed with like the determination to make an animated film um and I really 
I was really blown away by this piece of like cinema because I thought for a long time, I was like, oh, it's going to be girly. It's going to be stupid. It's going to be like some, you know, fairies in a forest, like being magical with animals and it's whatever. But I think it actually had more interesting qualities to it. So I'm really glad that you guys like this film as well. I mean, look, there's some bonkers parts of this movie. Don't get me wrong, but that's all animation, right? Like, it's not an animated film without, like, insane, you know, commentary on society that you're like, really? We're going after Italians in this movie? Like, okay, I guess so. So That's great. I really love the message, Save the Planet. But what is, like, deeply morbid about this is this movie is 30 years old and we've been screaming about the climate for <laughs> we ain't done a damn thing <laughs> we haven't changed it sorry to start off on a bitter note but i figure we'll get it out of the way that the, the the end credit where it says to our children and our children's children it just it, it doesn't have as poignant an impact 30 years later when you're like oh those children's children are probably a bit older now they're real people at this point so that was the one sad part i I love the message but it was like holy crap this was the 90s and we're talking about the same thing in 2020 like what's going on we didn't learn the lesson from the movie not enough people watched the movie dissected it and like really absorbed the lesson here because this was all about nature preservation feeling the trees pain i loved that the fairies could feel the pain of the forest i don't know why that's just such an empath thing you know what i mean like oh the empath in me feels for these trees yeah so we've briefly touched on the fact that there are fairies in this movie Uh, (laughs) but naomi can you set the stage a little bit of like What's the general premise? Sure. (laughs) Set the stage for us. So we are following the story of Krista, who is uh, this fairy, young fairy woman who lives in the rainforest with her group of fairy friends and animals. And she uh, has, I don't think it's her grandma, but, you know, it's an old woman. So you naturally assume it's the grandma of the main character (laughs) called Maggie. And Mm -hmm. Maggie's like the fairy forest you know, icon and she understands and speaks to nature and Chris is blown off her training, like every good young hero in a movie. Um, and basically Krista encounters humans and a bat who was experimented on by humans. And mm-hmm. uh, she starts to realize that the trees are being destroyed and that the evil villain Hexus is coming for the fairies again. And shit's about right. to go down. That was great. One thing I will say, I hate that Hexus is the villain of this movie because you know who the real villain of the movie is? Goddamn humanity. The humans. <laughs> and I've realized yeah. that this movie made me realize I love almost any movie where just like all of humanity is the villain, like as the collective, like, oh, well, humanity's the, the real villain here. It's just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And so, uh, yeah, just everything about this, the, the dopey humans that they had that were able to be tricked by Hexus, which, um, not to talk about the villain before we get into the main characters, but Hexus was pretty cool. What is he like? The living embodiment of like pollution. Yeah, right. There's not really a description for him. Just evil. Yeah, and it's yeah. Tim Curry. Okay, wait. Let's get into the voices. The voices in this okay. were really good, and I didn't look them up before I watched it, so it was really fun discovering each and every one of them. Um, mm-hmm. well, starting with the main character, Krista is our main fairy, uh, uh, hero in training, magician in training. Uh, She's played by Samantha Mathis. Now, she's one of the only people I actually don't know too well on this show. Do you guys know anything she's from? Going down the voice cast, 
is a wild ride for this movie. <laughs> it is. Starting with Samantha Mathis, uh, who plays Krista, which I have to say is like, what a lame, normal ass name. Like, <laughs> it took, <laughs> like, what? I mean, I feel You're like. in the rainforest. There's this old fairy wizard lady named Maggie, and she goes, Krista. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Okay. It's like um, Pip and Maggie, mm-hmm. and then Krista. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Samantha Mathis, I looked her up on Wikipedia. She's now the, uh, I think, the VP of the the SAG Actors Union. But to connect this pod record to our previous one, she also played Princess Daisy in 1993's Super Mario Bros. Opposite (laughs) John Leguizamo, who played Luigi. What a nice little touch. Oh, my God. Evan just mentioned Luigi very recently. (laughs) And I was like, only you would know that connection. Okay. Wow. I'm uh, glad we did that. But wow, that's Mm -hmm. not where I was expecting that to go. So, yeah, she's she's one of the more unknown people in this cast. The main villain, Hexus, is played by Tim Curry, which... I mean, ultimate villain status. He literally played Pennywise the Dancing Clown, and they got him for Fern Gully to be the villain. They're like, we got Tim Curry. I mean, I'd be psyched. Like, after him doing Rocky Horror Picture Show, you got to be thrilled to have Tim Curry on your cast. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Nigel Thornberry, he was uh, uh, anti whispers in um, Over the Garden Wall, yeah. another thing we covered. If you guys dive into his voice acting section on Wikipedia, it's fucking extensive. The man does animation he does video games he's done pretty much I everything love under him. the sun like he's he's been working for the past 30 years the man does not stop i love that all right this next one so, really threw me for a loop though okay. <laughs> the whole time i'm listening to pip and i'm like whose goddamn voice is this and it's christian <laughs> slater that was the most random one i literally was like holy crap christian slater I thought the same thing. I also used to do, when I was really bored a couple years ago, I would do something called like one, one word impressions, but it would just be characters saying other characters' names. And I would try and do <laughs> Christian Slater saying Elliot a la Mr. Robot style, but <laughs> I never good, really though. was good at it. Let's um, hear it. It's like, Elliot. Like, I don't know how to do no. it. No, no, it was good. Robot that was good. <laughs> yeah. But Christian Slater is also, when it's so funny to me because Christian Slater to me is somebody who I kind of know as an actor, like doesn't love acting and, you know, doesn't do everything that he's presented with. And so it's yes. so funny that he's just in Fern Gully. Like, what the hell? That's what I'm saying. Who convinced him? Like, no, no, no. This is the movie. Maybe he's an environmentalist. You know what? I didn't think about that. If If people have the environmentalist uh, uh, I'm gonna look up in what, them. Yeah, he, he has see, any yeah. commentary. <laughs> he was like big in the '90s, though. I think he was like one of the it guys. Sure, like but coming like, off being a teen <laughs> stud or whatever, like a sex symbol. Um, standards think, were low in the '90s. Apparently, are you calling <laughs> Pip a sex symbol? Wait, are you calling Christian Slater not hot? Uh, hang on, hang on. <laughs> I'm calling his 90s hairdo like whatever it was. It's like a weird bob in the back, whatever that is. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> I haven't thought about that hairstyle in a while. That's a funny memory. Okay. okay. A lot of angry fans right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're good. Christian Slater. Great. Great. Can we get? Um, but probably mm. the most notable and the one I was most excited for, uh, the late, great Robin Williams. Didn't know he was in it. His voice came in. It was instantly recognizable. And mm. just what a bright spot in the movie. I was so glad to have him. He had so many funny one-liners just in, in typical Robin Williams fashion. 
Yeah. Uh, this came out the same year as Aladdin. This was predates Aladdin uh, a couple months. So Robin yes, Williams he felt was like the genie in 92. Yeah. <laughs> so this is where my kind of history lesson about Fern Gully comes in because Fern Gully was like a passion project and they uh, sort of cherry picked a lot of animators from Disney to come work on the movie. But mm. what they all, so that pissed off Jeffrey Katzenberg at uh, Disney <laughs> Animation. And I highly suggest sort of doing your own look into like Eisner and Katzenberg and all the disasters of like Disney's CEOs, because they're all egomaniacs. Shout out to Quibi, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Katzenberg's Nightmare Project. Um, oh my God, I forgot about <laughs> Quibi. Quibi. People, some people know this if they unfortunately listen to me too much, but I worked on a Quibi show for a little bit and like they pitched us the idea and I was like, this sucks. <laughs> and then it ah. died in the pandemic. Yeah. So who's the media mogul now, Jeffrey Katzenberg? <laughs> um, so basically, Katzenberg did not like that Ferngully was getting made, particularly because Robin Williams was locked in to do the voice and they had Robin Williams for the genie. They didn't mm. want him to be doing, doing two roles, but because he took Ferngully first, he wasn't going to back out of it. And so they would basically try and shut down production on Ferngully as much as possible or like disrupt them to make it more difficult for them. Um, and additionally, uh, Robin Williams like was not supposed to be a very big part and then like improvised. It, it says on Wikipedia, 14 hours worth of improvised lines. And like, then the director it, just completely expanded the role of the bat. And I love that crazy. his lines felt improvised. I n- several times would note, Oh my God, this feels improvised. I love that. I love that. The movie the movie is no longer than 90 minutes. How do you improvise 14 hours? <laughs> of, of a bat that's like operating? I guess you can like just go so weird. But uh-huh. it's really funny to watch this with the context of knowing that this is pre-Genie. This is not post like, you know, Robin Williams didn't do his shtick. And then they're like, can you just do that again for this movie? Like mm-hmm. this was the precursor. And I think in a lot of ways, like Robin Williams, uh, you know, if you do like, if you look into it, Robin Williams changed the landscape for famous actors as voice actors and the way that movies were perceived as like having a famous voice. And while it is mostly because of Aladdin, it is definitely partially because of Fern Gully. Like, he really sort of he was coming off a lot of flops too. You guys mm. remember Popeye? I do. Like, like I don't know that I've oh, seen. Ga, ga, thing, ga, 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 ga. Yeah. Right, right. He was <laughs> yes. in the live action Popeye. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, okay. I didn't know the live action one is what we were talking about. <laughs> Sorry, when I said Robin Williams flops, I thought that yeah. would be the first thing that no, came no. to me. It should have been. It should have been Popeye in the third. I was I was shocked for I, I I my mind was blown. I was like, no way he's freaking Popeye. This makes a lot more sense. Yes, sorry. <laughs> yeah. He raps in this movie. <laughs> he does. It's kind Robin of Robin Williams is a, a legend. He's got a line, I need a checkup from the neck up. Like <laughs> referencing the fact that he's been injured and is a little a little zany. I was like, damn, that is that's a nice little run you got there. Um, I love the one. I don't remember exactly what part. It's towards the end though, where he gets like in a big accident and he goes, "I'm blind," and I was like, that's <laughs> really funny for a bat to yell. <laughs> uh, you it's know, great. some kid in the theater was furious that they got bat facts wrong. Right. He's so mad. <laughs> and then uh also at one point, Zach, our our local human who we need to talk about, Zach, he calls him Batman. It was great. It was really good. So yeah, Robin Williams comes out to a rap song. Also, I don't want to gloss over the opening song, Life is a Magic Thing. 
because honestly mm. that mm. changed my whole mood going into this like i was also not looking forward to really watching this i was like I, I don't remember it being that great like i've only probably seen it once as a kid and there's probably a reason for that damn naomi made uh, a really bad pick oh my god no. what doing? <laughs> no. not at but all as soon as that song kicked in <laughs> life is a magic thing it like put me in the mood i was five and i was like okay this could be fun uh and it was fantastic the music's by alan silvestri um who apparently has done a lot of composing for like disney and marvel stuff he did music on um oh alan silvestri is the dude he's the polar he? express dude oh um, Express, yeah i complained who framed roger rabbit yeah yeah he's yeah classic. Al- alan silvestri is like one of the most like um you know there's john williams but alan silvestri is like composed probably a ton of music for like all of your favorite childhood films but here's the thing i i think he's a bit of a hack here's my complaint alan Silvestro uses the same like freaking oh. sort of sound and like score for a lot of the same movies i'm pretty sure he did edward scissorhands too but like he loves to use like the floaty sort of like chimey bs and like if you listen mm-hmm. to like the polar express and Stuart little and uh you know all these movies sort of in you can hear that they all kind of sound the same so i Alan Silvestri, you're on my list. But this score in particular, I thought was very good. I loved the music in this. It was a highlight for me. His brief little blurb from his website. Alan Silvestri has a website. (laughs) AlanSilvestri.com. Oh my God, I gotta go. Back to the Future Films, Predator, Forrest Gump. Oh, wow. Ah, yes, there we go, the big ones. For me, it's Polar Express, I guess. Polar Express is on there. (laughs) And Fern Gully. And Fern Gully. Why is Fern Gully not on there? That's the crowning achievement. To me, this is like such a random blip on the wikipedia filmography for so many of these like high profile people does that make sense like like robin williams as the genie iconic no one's like oh robin williams did an animation if they were like oh yeah but have you seen him as baddie everyone would be like what are you referring to so (laughs) i really liked this like it was it was there was definitely moments like animation wise where it wasn't the strongest where like maybe the budget got cut a little they're flying Mm -hmm was a little like the color was cool i liked that I, I couldn't figure out for the longest time why krista was blue flying and everyone else was green and then at the end when they were all imbued with the magic they all turned blue and i was like oh my they, they answered my question i love that there was <laughs> parts of the movie it almost felt like this was like a universe i had been missing like a book series or other movies too i was like okay it's there's a lot a going book, on here oh is it really Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest. I hadn't heard oh. of it, but it okay. is, in fact, based on a book. So you're not off. You're not off. Felt like there was so a was lot written, of lore. Yeah, it was, it was written. So so Wayne Young, is is this is his big passion project. And apparently his wife wrote uh, stories of Fern Gully 15 years. Okay, I have two big gripes. Yeah. Okay. One, why is Fern Gully, like, it's Fern Gully one word, but the G is capitalized. I don't understand the, the grammar <laughs> I thought it was two words. Fern Gully. <laughs> right you think it's two words and then you look at it and you realize that it's one word but with a capitalization um, well and also- okay hold on we're gonna stick on this gripe i'm so sorry no, no i w- one of my gripes was i listed every single animal i saw in this movie because i said there is no way all of these animals exist in one rainforest although I am reading the Wikipedia page at the moment, and it does say it's an Australian rainforest. I'm now wondering, 
is which it was never referenced in the movie that they are in Australia. There's no Australians in the movie either. So I don't know why it's an Australian rainforest. Is Fern Gully a real place? Uh, I don't know. I, I know. So I looked it up. A gully is like a, a geographical feature, a ravine formed by the action of water. So maybe it was like it's referring to a specific gully, but then it gets like bastardized by the local language until it becomes its own word. I don't know. I'm just making shit. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. Fern, Fern Gully is not a real place, but that is like, and this actually, this goes into my third gripe, but my second gripe is why is Krista our lead so pallid? She lives in the rainforest in Australia and she looks sickly in her like coloration. She's like almost like a greenish sort of like skin tone. And it's like so she creepy is. looking. I she, looks like she's, she looks like she's tuberculosis or something. Like I cannot <laughs> get over it this movie it's because they're not supposed to go above the canopy so she's getting no vitamin d she's getting no vitamin d yeah um we did gloss over one thing which is that uh zach is voiced by an actor named jonathan ward who is now retired but he was in the iconic terrible film mac and me mm-hmm. which people will know if you've ever seen paul rudd go on conan and show yes. like a terrible movie clip it's that movie oh which is very seen, funny it's, just, it's like a shitty et ripoff <laughs> yeah i've seen the running bit. but it's I've from that the movie. movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's funny uh, yeah okay okay good we got a lot of references here okay, okay. this like i said mm-hmm. this movie was really surprising to me on a lot of fronts i really enjoyed the music which i'm also i can be 50 50 on music it's not always my thing in a movie and i was it, it it was like good for like what was the one where Zach is like playing his tape recorder for all the fairies and they literally start jamming? I want that that was a good time. I was having fun. <laughs> I feel like that's a real song. I couldn't like place it, but like the background of that sounded like a real song. That I like, felt the same way. I have to do more research into, but I didn't feel like shazamming Fern Gully in the middle of it. You know, <laughs> um, I I think that. The idea of a movie musical is so interesting. And, and like with Disney nowadays, it's like standard, right? Mm-hmm, um, yeah. Please, someone for the love of God, get Fr- Encanto off my For You page on TikTok. Like, I get it. It has music. Please, free me. But it's our TikTok, I, I think- probably. <laughs> <laughs> we just had one out that made it way, its way around. That's so funny. <laughs> Go on. I, I have nothing against it, but like, I, I've never once engaged in like an Encanto video and like, obviously it's the marketing scheme of like trying to get me to like but i'm like please leave me alone um i feel like this is such a strange musical because i didn't expect it to be a musical and then none of the characters really sing except for tim curry and robin williams we don't really get the leads of the movie singing Mm -hmm. so then it's like it's it's really kind of strange where i almost don't even consider it a musical as much as i consider it a movie with music i agree weird i agree it's it was weird because literally krista did not sing one single word and there's whole songs that follow her throughout everything her making out with a human in 24 hours good for her (laughs) oh my god we can talk about that before we go deeper in the plot uh final run through of the voice cast cheech and chong voice characters in this movie yeah Uh, Uh, yeah 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 you didn't which you you wouldn't really know no no you wouldn't Um, have caught it uh, another actress that plays a, a voice is a nameless character. Fairy number two uh, is voiced by Pamela Adlin, who I didn't recognize that name, but just clicking through. 
She's a Bobby Hill's voice actress. It's the voice of Bobby Hill. <laughs> I love Bobby Hill. Hill. And Ashley Spinelli from Recess. Yep. Wow. Like, how did all these people get... How how are more people not talking about this movie? <laughs> like, what a strange time capsule of the night. That's how I feel. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't watch mm. it, but how have I never heard of this? Tim Curry singing as Hexus, Toxic Love? was something I didn't know I needed or like was missing from my life. What an amazing song number. I enjoyed every second of that. And if I wasn't like going to be late for work, I would have rewound it and watched it again. It was so good. (laughs) That's a, that's definitely like, so I, when I was a kid, I was scared to death of the song, poor unfortunate souls. Um, And there's also an iconic uh, childhood story of me crying so hard in Elmo and Grouchland, I got taken out of the theater. So like, I was a kid who got scared by things in movies. And I'm Uh so sure that if I had seen this, it would have scared the absolute shit out of me. So I'm glad I didn't see it as a kid. But it is like (laughs) such good animation, but so creepy at the same time. That's where the animation budget went, because it was beautifully, beautifully (laughs) animated. Let's get into the plot a little bit. Mm. Um, I love... First of all, I love when a movie just kicks off with narration it like, and just yeah. gives you all the exposition up front. Like Black Panther did a, a couple, you know, they just say, this is all the background. This is all you need to know. And then enjoy the rest of the, you know, 90 minutes. You don't have to spend trying to figure shit out. It's like, here it is. Yeah. Uh, and then you can move forward. Um, so I really appreciate that. But Krista is kind of shirking her responsibilities of learning the history and magic of the world because she's going to have to take over the role that she's a bodacious babe. Yeah. She has to become the bodacious babe of the forest. Yeah. Is that, is that the official title? (laughs) No, she just says that during the movie. She, she introduces people as bodacious babe after Zach says it. I just, so right out of the gate, we get this huge contrast. We get Maggie who is like Naomi said, the grandmother of the group. She is wearing full Mm -hmm. gown. And then we get Krista, which, you know, I am never one to judge people, but Krista is looking like she's about to go out to a rave. Like (laughs) no one in this movie is wearing the proper amount of clothes besides Maggie and maybe Zach. (laughs) Maggie has like a full on couture gown on. Yeah, she does. Yeah. I feel like I like I really like the animation of the opening and I think that it also mm-hmm. set up what is so interesting about this movie which is like the idea that the fairies don't know what's happening around them and they're like okay mm. well we're fine because obviously humans are fucking dead and uh, so <laughs> Hexus is trapped in a tree so what are we worried about it's and I actually good. really <laughs> I really like that part of this movie is that the fairies are not correct and that it's not just that they're fi- they're only learning about fighting off humanity now and and it is this really fascinating like you know, isolated community is being introduced to the world. And that mm-hmm. opening like s- segment was very, very well done in terms of mm-hmm. animation style. And yeah, Maggie also is like, I feel like this movie was like, oh, Chris is shirking her responsibilities. She will never have responsibilities again. Like she doesn't <laughs> even get told one time, like go read a book. Like she just can do whatever <laughs> she wants the whole movie. It's true. Yeah, no, she doesn't really have a ton to do she makes it see it, it makes it seem like she's shirking responsibilities but like yeah what did she really have going on <laughs> she had tons of free time and this is one of my big gripes in movies i don't know especially animated movies i don't know how you guys feel about this but i hate when like 
days don't go by, if that makes sense, where it just feels like everything is happening like hour after hour after hour. Yeah. Like I want to see Krista like have to practice magic a bunch or like, mm-hmm. you know, go see all her woodland creature friends. And instead it's like everything is happening in like 24 hours and suddenly like her grandma's dead. You know, it, it just goes mm. wild. No, I get exactly what you mean. I think this takes place over the course of like two days. They do sleep at one point, <laughs> but <laughs> then we're on day two of of natural calamity and the forest is dying. Um, Pip is kind of the not the love interest, but he's like the stud of the fairy I group. I thought at least. he was the love interest. That's how I'll, what I'll say. <laughs> yeah. He's the he's the Chad of the fairies. Yeah, Chad of the fairies. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of my gripes. Okay, Krista, it's like implied, hinted that these are like two love interests of Krista. It's never discussed. Why does it need to no. be implied? Why is that always part of like a female animated character's like storyline? Even in just the smallest, tiniest bit of of way, it always impacts it. And I was just like, ah. but I definitely am Team Pip. You're Team Pip. <laughs> wow. wow, that's uh, that's controversial. Too. I I I I don't know about you, Evan. I am not Team Pip. Pip, if you if you want if you have feelings for a girl, you got to express your feelings. Or she. Don't be interfering with her love life. She doesn't have a crush on you if you don't express yourself. That's your goddamn problem. You know what? I will give you that one. He didn't handle it perfectly, but I feel for the guy. Maybe that's the better way to put it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. How about you, Evan? I don't know. Zach's Zach's not great either. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he's kind of a bumbling idiot. When it dawns on uh, Krista that the red X's don't mean the trees are going to be safe. (laughs) (laughs) That's a pretty slick move on Zach's part. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. That, that means those are good. <laughs> what those ones are fine. Here. Yeah. Oh, I, if I was Maggie, I would have been pissed at my idiot granddaughter who would <laughs> like, that. let all this happen. Yeah, I feel like what my one of my big complaints with this movie is, is honestly just that Krista is not she's seen as like a very nice character and like that's obviously you know children can't deal with like super complex ideas about like human beings and and adults but i do wish krista was like a little bit smarter or or a little bit more of a go-getter aside from just being like i want to go play with a boy in the water pond that's what i'm saying we all don't want to be like krista but we got jobs i liked krista not a whole lot of agency for the female lead Mm. Um, i like shirking responsibilities also but I agree. Yeah. She could have been a little better developed. So, but I, I, I'm a fan of Krista. I, I liked Pip, like I said, just because like, he just felt like he got boned. Like Zach came out of nowhere. Like he just got so screwed. Like, I don't know. Zach's a human and like a dumb one at that. Yeah. I'm just, I don't know. I felt for him throughout the whole thing. I was like, poor Pip. This is a little bit of a tangent, but I do know that there is a Fern Gully too, and I haven't yeah. seen it. Haven't read oh, anything. Are you ready about for this? It. I have the fact. Don't worry, I, I, I was ready for it. The great thing about Fern Gully too is it is direct to DVD, and it does not have one single voice actor from the first movie in the second. Movie. <laughs> I did the research. Same, not same, same characters. characters. Not one person <laughs> reprises their role. Not a single person does. Oh my God. Yeah. And so that's how you know it's a really good uh, sequel when it's direct to DVD and none of the cast return. (laughs) On the cover, it's Krista, Pip, and Batty. And they look like they're at a state fair. I don't even know. (laughs) If you had to guess, what is Fern Gully 2 about? 
My guess is Krista becomes human-sized. Yeah, that's a good guess. goes to visit Zach. She goes to college. <laughs> oh she, goes to, she goes to college and finds out that Zach is just like a stoner dude now who's just like hung up. Like he just like <laughs> smokes weed and like is like, I love the environment, man. And like is totally not down with the cause anymore. Oh, that's really funny. It is called the magical rescue. So maybe that's what they're doing is they're rescuing Zach. He's lost his way. From the dangers of drugs, yeah. In in Fern Gully 2, there's a scene where she's ordering a coffee and they misspell Krista, (laughs) K-R-I-S-T-A. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) I just feel like Fern Gully, like, it really... As great as it was, like, the idea of, like, okay, Fern Gully's going to change people's lives... The animals do not look like real animals. This brings no. me to another gripe with this movie. Hmm. The What are these animals? Because if you're going to make a movie about saving the planet and there's real humans in it, why are the animals fake? Like, <laughs> I get it. You know, like you want to make cute little animals, but like, don't make some weird combo of like a squirrel and like a mouse slash gerbil. Like, just give me a squirrel. What like... <laughs> It doesn't, I feel like it almost like throws you no. off in a weird way. And I'm with it, you. To me, it's like, it ruins the message of like, let's save the planet. It's like, show me literal animals to save. I agree. It was like a, a hybrid cat thing. And then the squirrel didn't look yeah, like a squirrel. Yeah, yeah, cat squirrel. You know, but then I will say the kangaroo was like clearly a kangaroo. There was a platypus, which I guess is like a hybrid of. There of, you go. Geographical accuracy with the kangaroo. Maybe Ferngully is a real place. <laughs> Evan's a Ferngully truther. Before, before I knew that Ferngully took place in, I'm only learning it took place in Australia from Wikipedia. The kangaroo, I guess, isn't a hint, but they never once mention a location. So I'm baffled that the Wikipedia so can so like proudly declare it's Ferngully is set in an. Australian rainforest inhabited by fairies, including Krista, who accidentally, like, what do you mean? When was it pointed out to us that this is Australia? The men in the ship and Zach, none of them are Australian. Yeah, they're from Jersey. Like, yeah. City kid. They call him a city boy. Yeah. To me, it's like, this is clearly like supposed to be some weird, like, but then it's also like, is it an American rainforest? Because then it's like, there's not, I don't think there are any American rainforests. I don't, I don't think so. You're really testing uh, me now. We're thinking too hard. We're thinking too hard. We're going to talk about the positives, positives. Um, yeah. So one thing though, I'm reading on the Wikipedia I really liked is the producer said they didn't want it to be blatantly environmental to avoid being preachy. Uh, they were probably a little preachy, but I like that he wasn't like trying to beat it over your head with a with a hammer. The, the villain is pollution. How is it not blatant? <laughs> <I know. laughs> that's, that's the one thing I remember about this movie is it's like kind of about the environment. <laughs> like, I would lean into that if anything. Yeah, they didn't want to be too preachy, but uh, I was into it. I say be more preachy. You go like full don't mm-hmm. look up status. Just rub it in my freaking face. Yeah, I I really like, I love the idea of an environmental message, and I feel like this movie does a lot of things very well. I think that the story overall is a fun, like, Mm -hmm. environmental impact story. I think showing a human being the dangers of what they're doing is also a good storyline. The idea of, like, shrinking Zach to save his life, and then, like, you know, Zach has to save the day. The one thing I feel like this movie could have almost used was like 
more villain humans. Like, yes, the cure was just kind of like, okay, we stopped the machine and we planted a seed. Awesome. We're done here. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what if Zach gets big and he tells all of his human friends to stop? You know, like it felt like he changed two humans' minds and that's it. I totally agree. I really think the there was no villainous humans. Literally, the humans got like tricked by the ooze and goos, which, you know, that presents problems in and of itself. Who did they think was speaking over that loudspeaker? But they really like took blame away from the humans. Oh, they're just idiots. They don't know what they're doing. But like, yeah. no. They're, they're culpable. They are to blame. And I really think there is a version of this where it's all through Zach's perspective, like start to finish. And I'm glad mm. it wasn't because mm. I think mm. we don't get the importance of the connection to nature and really just like the disgustingness of what Zach and his cronies are doing. That version is called. James Cameron's avatar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. <laughs> this is the template. This is the Yeah, that is the template. Wow. Oh wow. Yeah, literally gets taken to a land that he doesn't recognize when he's whoa. Yeah. No, you yeah. got it. Oh, that Lord, is physical you. transformation. <laughs> it's a common trope. Yeah. Oh uh, so so Krista being a curious little fairy goes above the canopy where she's not supposed to she sees smoke or whatever the fuck goes to uh investigate she sees a cute boy i don't i don't remember how she how zach ends up shrunk down but she does anyways by purpose accident you know one of those i didn't mean to but he's gonna die right like he's about to get like slammed by a tree or something yeah so so she shrinks him. him Um, and, and they also meet the bat on the way. Yes. Oh, yeah. Betty's an important... That's the trio. Her, Zach, and Batty. That's... Okay, ready? The trio was her, Pip, and Batty. And Zach just comes along and, like, totally replaces him. <laughs> you guys don't agree. Sorry, I'm Team Pip. I just fell for the guy. <laughs> I don't like Pip. He's down bad. Yeah, get a weird energy. If you need to recruit your friends to, like, get a girl to hang out with you... Like, that you wasn't a great look. That was friend. bad. That was bad. I will get... I, I'm not saying he's perfect by any means, but I just... I felt for the guy. He went about it in all the wrong ways. I... I have to say, like, just to go back to the baddie rap for a second, because I think we got to <laughs> focus on this. I think we're not talking about it enough. The baddie rap is, like, so bazonkers. I'm going to pull up the lyrics. Because, <laughs> Please do. Um, baddie coda rap. Okay. Uh, Yo, the name is baddie. The logic is erratic. Potato in a jacket. Toys in the attic. I rock and I ramble. My brain is scrambled. Rap like an animal, but I'm a mammal. Um, I've been brain fried, electrified, fected and injectified, vivisected and fed pesticide. My face is all cut up because my radar is all shut up. Nurse, I need a checkup from the neck up. I'm batty. <laughs> wow. I need a checkup Bars. from the neck up. Bars. And then just the last one. This is like, these are so disappointing. Like, they're so upsetting. They used me and abused me, battered and bruised me. Red mm-hmm. wires, green wires, stuck them right through me. So hear my baddie word and exercise a little prudence when dealing with humans. I do like that, um, you know, these... Look, these these fairies are a little dumb. They don't know that humans are still alive. And you have this interesting element of of Batty to come in and be like, whoa, 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 what are you talking about? Humans are totally alive and they've like fucked my body up. Like you guys, you guys gotta get with the program here, man. What are you up to? Fairies yeah. just living that peaceful life. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. <laughs>
some of these lyrics are fucking wild. wild. Yeah, I, <laughs> I said orally. OMG, I'm reading by my genitals. <laughs> Insert the electro. Will. What? I don't, know, I don't know if this is a joke. <laughs> I haven't. I don't think you have the right one. This is Fern uh, Gully was yeah, rated G. It does not say the word genitals in a rap. D- well, but apparently, apparently the even uh, um, Tim Curry song was supposed to have like like hornier and like verses <laughs> that they like cut. It was apparently. pretty horny. <laughs> it was already pretty horny, but I think they're more explicit. You know. Mm. Interesting. <sighs> Mm, very interesting yeah (laughs) there is a rated r version of this movie i told you krista was not dressed appropriately running around with zach (laughs) pip and his gang you're right okay wait ready for this pip had like a gang his friends what they weren't fairies were they that was part of like what was this lore they weren't fairies they were riding around on bugs and that was Cheech and chong's character i think were his friends now that i'm thinking back to it but stump and root what were the, what was their whole deal? Well, were they just like ugly fairies? <laughs> yeah, bug I don't know either. People, I don't know. They're bug yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, Pip's hanging out with the wrong crowd. Maybe you guys are convincing me. He did have some shady moves. Yeah. All right, you guys ready for two great IMDb facts? Yes. Let's hear it. Okay. Uh, Winona Ryder, Jennifer Connelly, Mel- Melanie Griffith, and Meg Ryan were all considered to voice Krista. Oh. Which are all insanely crazy choices. They're all very different. <laughs> I know. And then Christian Slater briefly dated Samantha Mathis, Mathis the voice of Krista. So there you go. Pip won in the end. <laughs> Pip went out. Pip won. He did it. He played the long game. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> um, well, so she goes above the canopy and, like, sees mm. smoke. And Maggie's like, no, don't worry about it. Well, that was a bad move by Maggie because Krista yeah. was right. There Girl, is an what issue. Are, where are your priorities? <laughs> And that's when she meets Zach, and they all come back, and she br- – I didn't mean to make that rhyme. I'm not rapping like Batty. <laughs> um, so they all go back to Fern Gully with Zach, and, like, all the fairies are – like, at one point, Zach's like, should we open, should I, should we open a, a zoo exhibit or something? And I was like, yeah, they are treating him like – I was like, he's basically a fairy without, feather, without wings, guys. Like, he's not mm. that He's like a bug person. You. He's like <laughs> Stumper Root. He's like, what are stuff? Yeah. If anything, him and Pip should be boys, really. Yeah, they're best friends. Yeah, they never did yeah, make man. up, did they? No. Oh, they did a little. No, 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 they did a little at the end. He, I think. he gave him his uh his yeah. uh, uh CD player or exactly. t- tape recorder. He gave him the t- um, CD player. No, wrong time period. I know, I know. I was thinking about it. I was like, I remember the buttons, and I literally was like, what old? Not CDs, <laughs> and then I couldn't remember what that was. I feel like Zach is also a really funny character because he is like so effortlessly dumb, but then yeah. so calculatedly evil. Like mm-hmm. the lies he tells to Krista, that's some fucked up shit he does. He's, yeah, he sort of gaslights her. <laughs> he um, does. Even in the forest, he you can't escape gaslight. Yeah. No, those boys um, are everywhere. A, this is an unrelated question to Zach, but I don't know <laughs> if this is poking holes in the logic of the movie, but if. If Hexus is uh, like a spirit of pollution, but also an ancient force, like are they implying that there is like a really advanced ancient society that was polluting the rain? Like, on <laughs> I what scale like- would it? You know, if anything, Hexus would be more powerful now than then. Like, I don't know. It's Anyways. a good point. There's more <laughs> pollution than there was before. Um, yeah. 
I don't know. Yeah, I do not know. Are they saying it's natural? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going down that I, rabbit hole. I yeah. I feel like it's like it's meant to be like an evil spirit, but like we don't we don't really see you know like it, even in Mulan right they like talk about the spirits and they show the spirit world but we're just sort of meant to go okay so there's a spirit world for evil things <laughs> and then fairies just like tap into nature but there's no nature spirits it's just the fairies like there's no real like connection of like oh well maybe fairies have spirit guides or whatever you know yeah. it's just all kind of like and also these fairies don't have nipples no. sorry oh my god don't <gasps> have nipples. I need to show you my notes. That's one of my notes. None of the fairies have nipples. I literally wrote that down. I'm shocked yeah, that you just said that. I was going to save it for the end. Holy crap. It bugged me the whole time. first, folks. No pip nip. I guess we don't see Zach shirtless ever, so we can't confirm if humans have nipples. Mm. <laughs> we should have been Maybe like, Maybe nobody has nipples off. in this movie. Yeah, you know. it's possible. Oh, that's so funny. That was one of my notes. Okay, that's great. Um, so middle of the movie is literally just Zach observing fairy life and culture. He, they have a dance party. Mm-hmm. That's a good highlight in the movie when Zach shows them music and the old, and, and, uh, do they ever name Krista's dad? I don't think they do. They, she just calls him dad or father or whatever. But, uh, he was like, I've no, never no. heard of this kind of music. And I was like, typical boomer. <laughs> at least he didn't like footloose it and tell them to yeah. shut it down <laughs> there's no dancing in fern gully um i also wrote in my notes the green eyes are very strange it feels like i'm watching a cartoon with an instagram filter um just because of the way <laughs> that crystal good. looks yeah she uh, did her eyes stood out to me and at first i kind of liked it but every time you're right almost as the movie went on i was like oh yeah those are green eyes and her hair was kind of a mess krista yeah it's it's like a really interesting you know because I feel like maybe some people don't realize this enough is that like, there's so much thought that goes into everything you see in a movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of that is like color choice and like the costume and like all the stuff. And so like for, for Krista to have like really dark hair and these really bright sort of greenish blue eyes, she doesn't fit the typical uh, view of what we think of as like, you know, like a blonde haired, blue eyed uh, uh, yeah. protagonist. Right. Bodacious so, babe. Zach fills that role obviously Mm. but she she has such a different look to her where she almost looks a little villainous but she's not but it's kind of surprising to me that they're like all right this really like young girl we should make her look like a weird version of like Elvira and like put her in the movie (laughs) like it was kind of it kind of slaps in some ways but Mm. I feel like as a kid like you don't expect that to be the hero. It throws of you the off movie. as a kid. Yeah. Because it, it's not Disney style. Disney style really has a lock on a lot of like our expectations and, and things on, of shows like that. Yeah. So it, it shows that I thought this was a Disney movie until I, I looked it up after I watched it. And I was like, oh, interesting. I guess it is owned by Disney now, but it was not made mm-hmm. by Disney at the time. Right. Um, and it's not even made by like Don Bluth or anything. Like it's not made by the other competitors. Yeah, it's no. just sort of an independently f- like created movie. Which is rare I for th- back I it was in that Fox time. Fox animation. It's 20th right. century? Yeah, 20th, 20th century, century Fox. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't finish Which the they name. did. I think they la- later did Anastasia, if I'm not mistaken, oh, which was I don't know. Another one of those non-Disney standouts of the era. Also had a bat in it, right? Did Anastasia have I think it did. I'm pretty sure it did. I don't think it I've did. ever seen that one. It did. <laughs> uh, they just love yeah, bats. 
Needless to say, Fox Animation Studios isn't really around anymore, <laughs> and, and Disney is. So maybe they weren't making the smartest choices. Uh, animation's oh a tough game. my God. I'm sorry. I'm just reviewing the Wikipedia page as I do during this podcast. <laughs> Legacy, under Legacy of Fern Gully. Some reviewers have commented that the 2009 James Cameron film Avatar plagiarized <laughs> thematic and plot elements from Fern Gully, though others have stated it's simply <laughs> one of many films av- Avatar is similar to. Wow. So uh, you're not alone in that critique. It's it's uh, people mm-hmm. saw Avatar and they go, that's just Fern Gully repurposed. They storm out of Avatar. Yeah. They're like, this is BS. I saw this in 92. I remember seeing a... Uh, uh... The DVD commentary for Titanic and James Cameron would not stop talking about Fern Gully. (laughs) I was so confused where you were going with that. (laughs) Okay, that's good. James Cameron just like wearing his like Fern Gully hat. Yeah, he's a big Fern Gully. Everywhere he goes. Um, I also feel like okay, so there's also a romance plot to this movie. Yeah, did there need to be? Did there did there need to be a great question? No answer. Like <laughs> then the, the fact, movie would have only been 60 minutes. <laughs> the fact that in this movie, so I've been having the privilege of listening to Matt and Matt talk about high school musical mm. um over for the choir room. And something they know that is really interesting is like they don't really kiss in those movies. Like the, you know, they're supposed to be couples and like okay. be dating, they never smooch. In this movie, mm. she smooches this boy like two hours after knowing him. I think he and- smooched her. He's much sure, whatever. They they she backed away. And it was kind of like, oh my God, like they're just kissing right now. Like, what am I want? I was so shocked because I feel like, you know, even in so many like Disney movies, like people just like don't kiss. They just like hug and they're like, great, we're like, we like each other. And I was like, oh whoa, like here we go. (laughs) It's so true. They hug and they're like, we're married for the and happily ever after now. And you're right. In this movie, she she smooched a random boy, a party boy. He that's what he was. He was literally like a blonde hair, tan, like Yeah, he's just taking a year off between high school and college. He's trying to figure his shit out. Like he'll party with the fairies. He doesn't care. Yeah, he absolutely just like it's, wants to get home and do a bong hit. Yeah. Like, there's no question. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, he was trying to take like all advantage. The, all the Disney princess movies, though, they usually feature a kiss towards the end, at least, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. like one big like they're finally together like, kiss, right? Not okay. a smooch yeah. that's not unrequited like this. Like she does uh, not respond. Uh, it, it casual either. smooch. Yeah. Premarital yeah. smooch. Like yeah, very exciting. Yeah. yeah. Uh Evan Premarital. Can you re- <laughs> can you rewrite the romance in this movie? What do we what do we gotta do to make Zach and Krista more believable? Oh, I like uh, this. We're gonna rewrite Krista's character to have a little more agency, to be a little smarter, to have mm. a more interesting name. We love <laughs> <laughs> There'll be consent. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think Zach's got to learn his lesson earlier. I feel like he did not learn his lesson quick enough. Like it did not feel like till his last beat, he mm-hmm. really learned yeah. like what was up. And I was like, dude, you just went through a whole ass traumatic experience. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there wasn't even really a confrontation between the two of them. Like Krista finds out that Zach's been lying to her. <laughs> no, Literally, there wasn't. That- trees are getting chopped down because of what he's doing and she was dumb enough to believe him and they never really talk about it they never really confront each other about like how dare you do this to me so i feel like like you're saying evan like we need more agency we need chris to like be like what the hell is wrong with you how dare you you ruined my home like 
and and really chew Zach out, and then Zach can mm-hmm. you know redeem himself for oh, his crimes. I think you're right. I think that was needed. He needed, to, and then that's when he learns his lesson, and then Krista can take him back. But does he stay fairy size? Is that how this ends, or does he actually go back and it's more like love from a distance? Yeah, I, I think it's. I think it is, and this is a great ending. I think it's important that he does go back to humans and and you know says like all right i'm gonna go save the planet this way and that little boy is now Al yeah, Zach grew up in what two years on Rancho <laughs> exactly like, yeah. um i agree with you i i would like to you know in fern gully too when i watch it i really hope he's like out spreading the good word and he's a nature uh conservative watch fern gully too i'm, I'm not i'm not i was just saying it for the joke and the viewers right. they would have <laughs> never have known they never would have known if you hadn't have called me on it no I'm just kidding. Sorry, you could have lied, man. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I have no intention of watching Fern Gully 2. I would watch this again, not right away, but I would I would I would put this on again. I enjoyed this. And it was short. Yeah. What 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 happened? Why why are movies now all two plus hours? Yeah. What's going on here? It's it's wild. 76 minutes. Yeah. Really and nice. you know what? I enjoyed it about it. It didn't need to be more. I thought it was it was good for what it was. I didn't need the whole, you know, I was making jokes that if we add more to the love story, then it's, you know, an hour and a half. But I I didn't need more. It was the perfect amount for me. <laughs> I feel like this is a perfect movie for, like, if I was a babysitter, I would yes. put this. I mean, it would probably scare, like, kids who are, like, four, five and younger. Michael like, O'Rear, like- put it on. <laughs> <laughs> Now we'll now we'll see if he actually listens. This, no, is, a, one, this is a secret are, call out. This is a <laughs> too young for this. This is the thing. They're like they're like toddlers. You cannot put this movie on for toddlers. It's bright. You gotta, no, it's got a good message. Oh no, it's really Hexus. dark. Yeah, there's hexes. If I saw hexes when I was like six, I would have like cried about it for weeks. Like, there's no way this. Movie no, you're right. A little older, a little older age range, and I think I think it's a perfect uh, babysitting movie. All right, you guys ready? Michael Arrear, this is your test. <laughs> if you're listening, tweet, I need a checkup from the neck up. <laughs> from the Star Wars pod account. Oh, <laughs> it's going to be like a month from now. Watch. <laughs> Not Star Wars. Oh, okay. Only like two people are going to get that joke though. So <laughs> let's yeah. wrap up the plot of this movie. There's a big climax. Sorry, I'm laughing about it still. Okay, there's a well. Big- so Hexus gets Hexus gets chopped. Like the tree that Hexus is is stuck in gets chopped down, and so Hexus comes back to life, which happens like 40 minutes into the movie. <laughs> yeah, and he's the mm-hmm. main villain. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Like this is why you think humans are the villain for a second because mm-hmm. you're like, where the hell is Hexus? And then Hexus comes out of nowhere. Tim Curry out of the blue. I was like, oh, he's in this Damn. movie. 40 minutes. It's, it's almost a- halfway too. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a cop out personifying. Uh, pollution the true villain or what should be the villain is humans and pollution but they like give the humans a cop out i like the visual of hexus i liked his song i liked everything that was the animation there was cool the goopy the the talking the stretching that was all really cool and And i'll enjoy that oh my god yeah that was the creepiest final transfer yes let's yeah final scene so we're gonna get into that so it's really climactic the dopey humans who have been tricked are just tearing down trees left and right the fairies are like strong holding in a tree they're like 
they're literally chaining themselves it's to like a the, tree. It's like the lame is barricade. <laughs> yeah, you know, like- it is. That's a good one. They're doing anything they can to save the forest, like in true uh, conservative fashion. And so, not conservative, and in, in, <laughs> you know what I mean. So what's great here is like, Krista is really getting a hold of her powers and she's really getting a, oh, this is such a small detail. I'm going to jump back just for a second. I was so pissed. They're chopping down all these trees. And I was like, guys, Maggie can grow trees. I've seen her do it. I've seen it happen. Relax. This will be fine. And then Maggie goes, this was not natural causes. I cannot cure this. And I was like, damn, they got me. That's a good one. That's a good way to explain why Maggie can't fix all this. It probably came from like one person in the yeah. room. Like, why can't Maggie just grow all these back? Oh, shit. Like, yeah, shit. Okay. Uh... You're fired, Jeff. Get yeah. out of here. Okay. Back to the climax, though. Someone wrap us up. Batty and um, Zach have reconnected, even though they had their falling out, which I don't blame uh, Batty. He, he, you know, if I was Batty, I wouldn't trust any human either yeah i think batty should have just intentionally dropped zach into like the the <laughs> fiery mouth of the chopper downer can you imagine chipper. yeah uh, okay this is actually my favorite quote though of the movie it um comes around this climax of the movie and it is from batty to zach and he says the truth does not always win you friends but it does influence people and i was like oh that's really deep robin williams thank you yeah and it's a weird meta statement on how this movie performed. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, Wisdom yes, from yeah. Robin Williams. All right. Climax. So like uh, they fly into the giant death machine. What is this thing? We haven't even named it. The wood chipper chopping chainsaw machine. Yeah. Like they're, they're destroying the forest and they're marking all the trees with X's. And uh, we have to, we, we gloss over because I'm looking at my notes. I, we gloss over the part where like Krista is just like, oh, everything's fine. And Maggie's like, uh, no. And then shows her that like the whole forest has been cut down. I don't know about you guys, but like. When did that happen? I literally wake up to my neighbors if they bring things down the stairs too hard. Like <laughs> how did she sleep through a forest being cut down? I don't understand. They got small ears, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Not picking up a lot of sound waves. That's really funny. And also, Maggie in the beginning of the movie was literally like, nothing's wrong. And then, of course, at the end, she's like, everything's wrong. Like, she really was not super helpful. Maggie dies in like two days. Like, mm-hmm. literally just is like, you know what? I'm going to bite the dust for nature. Why not? Like, it's almost like self immolation in some ways. She's like, it's all right. It's fine. I'm out of here. Don't worry about it. So I feel like in this movie, the like the threat of the forest being consumed and this is how i felt for while i was watching it i was like the forest is already gone like <laughs> what are they gonna stop yeah but then it turns out that they can just regrow the whole forest after they defeat the humans aka yeah. they just get two humans to walk off their job site yeah i don't know about you guys but i, I need my job too much i don't care what any fairy tells me <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm not walking off and no, i'm just kidding <laughs> you're part of the problem man yeah, i'm just joking <laughs> No, you're right. Yeah, that would be a problem if they're like, sorry, like, I got a paycheck. But I, like I said, even though they tried to avoid being preachy, I liked that. I don't know. I liked and disliked the personification of pollution. Very cool visually. It was fun story-wise. But I think thematically, 
it does undercut the purpose of the movie just just a little and that would be honestly my biggest gripe with it uh, despite all the animation flaws or the weird uh uh pauses between conversations sometimes where they're clearly not in the same room doing voice acting but <laughs> the biggest thing is i just you know you needed to make the humans more evil or like even give those two dopey workers like a boss who's like really maniacal in a suit he smokes cigars He's like bald and yeah. short or something, you know, like give me one of those guys. Yeah, I feel like like it almost it, it feels like, you know, you need like the Danny DeVito character yeah. in uh, um, Matilda. In, oh, uh, Matilda. Or I was going to say uh, Space Jam. Like you need oh, yeah. like the big villain, you know, that's like, yeah, like just smoking a cigar and like making sure not to separate the recycling. Yeah, you know, so, exactly. Somebody who can mm. like really. I also feel like. You know, you can say that this movie isn't too preachy, but I also feel like because it doesn't really relate to anything that a child could do. Mm. Like, I do think that if you want to have a more effective message about the environment, then maybe you need to relate it more to what children can, like, accomplish. And I feel like, you know, in some ways that reduces the idea of, like, fairies in a forest stopping, like, a a tree logger. But uh, if you want to reach the children and the adults, like you kind of have to go for something that's a little more tangible to a child to want to do. I was seeing, um, I don't know what the relationship was, but I think I saw like John Lennon and Yoko Ono put like billboards up that said like war is over if you want it. And it's like, okay, well, I can't stop war, John Lennon. Like I, I can want war to be over. But I can't Actually, stop it. I, when you started the point, I was like, "What are you? What is she getting at?" But when you finish it, <laughs> very great point. I totally agree with you. It's oftentimes like, and I love this guy, so I'm not trying to shade him. It's like Leonardo DiCaprio telling everyone to be conscious about the environment, but he also goes on his 50 foot mega yacht on weekend vacations in Italy or whatever. Right. Like, I can only yeah. do so much. Stop flying private jets. Stop taking all, you know what I mean? You can do more. Yeah. And and so I feel like that, uh, not that I think that um, Fern Gully is necessarily like a huge, like a hypocritical piece of media, because I don't think it is. <laughs> no, I don't But either. I think that it's like, if you want to inspire children to care about the environment, like you have to do it in a way that's much more tangible for children to like accomplish. And, and that's just something that is like hard about this movie. But I think that it is like a very beautiful, like, like the idea of like fairies in the because every kid I feel like at some point in time is sort of told like there might be fairies in the forest mm, and you're like damn yeah. what if there are what if I knock over their little rock house what if I did that that's really mean of me I shouldn't do that and like it is a is a fun way to play with that but there maybe there almost should have been like more like humans interacting with the forest and like fairies avoiding them or something mm-hmm. like that just just to add that sweet spot mm. Evan how, how do you relate this movie to children what is your fix. Or to, to how do we make this movie really the don't look up of 2021 mm. or whatever? <laughs> uh, That's a good point. I don't know. I, I think I get what they were going for. It's like you want they're planting the seeds for an Ooh. idea in a future <laughs> generation, right? It's like subliminal messaging, but in a good way. Um, good propaganda. Uh, yeah. And maybe that's <laughs> good. Maybe, you just so blatantly. Yeah. Maybe that's what makes uh, the, the message feel watered down is that it is kind of dumbed down for kids to be able to grasp the broad strokes of it. Um, as you were say, saying that last point, I was thinking like, yeah, like I wonder how much paper they burned through animating this whole movie. Like, because this, this is all hand drawn animation. You know what I mean? This is about. 
I don't know. That's good. Uh, you I mean, could how do- wasteful <laughs> the entertainment industry is to begin with. Like, re- respectfully to like Adam McKay and everybody. Like, <laughs> I I work in L- I work in entertainment. I've been on movie sets. I've been on mm-hmm. TV sets. That shit is wasteful as fuck. And there's no way that you can ever make a movie that will be like carbon neutral because it destroys the environment. So like, <laughs> you might as well just make like you know a a, a vlog instead and call it mm-hmm. a day because there's no way. Mm. Damn. Or just like a like a post-it note flip book, but even that's a waste of paper. We brought it back to such a negative note. I started off on a negative note, how nothing's changed in 30 years. <laughs> and now we're well, back on ah damn. All right. May, let's do this. Maybe the positives of this is like that because this movie was made in the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. The for our children's children. So if you had a child in the 90s, they probably grew up, maybe they were like Gen X, right? Mm-hmm. They have kids now. All those kids were like born post 9-11 and you're like, that that's not real. That can't exist. <laughs> you can't be born. Um, they're all on TikTok now and they're all environmentalists. So maybe they're like you the children's children who are gonna save us. It's not us. We're not the children. It's not us. It's Gen Z. We're not the well, chosen ones. I was gonna say Alex and I were both born in the nineties. I, I was born in ninety four. I was born in ninety four to be clear. But like okay. the the like if you were if you were a kid to be taken to the movies to see this movie, you would have had to be born in the eighties. Correct. You're not gonna take a two year old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were one, going? Evan. You were zero, but you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Even okay. someone born in ninety is gonna be two years old. So yeah. no, I agree with you. The the kids born in the eighties are the ones that soaked this in. And we just got to uh, give it a little more time, hopefully, and we see the results of that seed that was planted. Ooh, the metaphors. Okay, here's what we're going to do. The ending of the movie, there is like a huge, gnarly uh, mixture of goop and smoke and literally this black flaming skull. And it's just this. It's cool. It's so cool. It's cool. It's so visually pleasing. And then it just gets engulfed by this beautiful tree. And it, it visually was the highlight of the whole movie for me. And I was like, damn, that was a good climax. Hell yeah. Hexus is gone. We did it. Fern Gully. We did it. Like I was cheering with them. I was <laughs> celebrating. So I really think that's a cool scene. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? But before we, I want to, I want to get to some positive takeaways before we, uh, before we wrap everything up here. Yeah. I can't like, verbally describe how cool hexus looks in his final form it's probably my high other than life is a magical thing (laughs) the opening number it's probably my second highlight of the film like i don't have tattoos Uh, not that i'm opposed to them (laughs) but i've never been struck visually by something uh like so immediately where i'm like oh damn that make a pretty fucking tattoo (laughs) like I, i want final form hexus with his glowing orange rib cage, like I don't know, on my forearm. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I get what you're do you, saying. Um, do you remember a gloppy from um, Candyland? Yes, like that's what he kind of looked like. He does a way more menacing gloppy, though. <laughs> yeah, like hulked out gloppy, <laughs> like gloppy that had been smoking cigarettes for forty years. <laughs> gloppy just looks like a pile of poop. <laughs> It's wild uh, they put that on a kid's board game. Like he is. Do they ever like, make a Candyland movie? I feel like that's oh, got to be. Seems like that'd be something. Yeah, yeah. You're calling that. I, I, 2023, 2024. Ooh, wait, Candyland, the Great Lollipop Adventure. Oh, it's a movie. 2005. Oh, yeah. but this is like a kid. This is also like a kid's movie. You want like, like an action adventure? I want. I want the gritty reboot of Candyland. 
<laughs> Can but you imagine? This, this requires more investigation because the second result when I Google Candyland movie, there's like three videos at the top. First is Candyland Great Lollipop Adventure 2005 HD on YouTube. Second result is Candyland movie to star Adam Sandler from January 31st, 2012. What? What happened to that movie? <laughs> it go? It's just hanging in production limbo. I'm so Who curious. Would Adam Sandler play in a Candyland movie? I don't know because he wouldn't. Would he play Lord Licorice? Because he wouldn't play Gloppy. That's too minor of a role. Oh my it, that's god! That's the first villain. <laughs> I can't imagine. That's great. I, I, okay, I need by that one movie. Candyland. I was obsessed with Candyland as a kid, very specifically Queen Frostine. Mm-hmm. And we did mm-hmm. at my art. I went to like a day art camp, and we were doing like a. a sh- we would do theater productions i don't even know what the hell this was but i cried so hard when i didn't get the role of queen frosting that they gave it to me and i was probably like eight. Oh wow like in retrospect probably should not have let me have that but you know rewarding not great behavior (laughs) yeah yeah like really didn't teach me the lesson there but you know i got i I was queen frosting so whatever oh that's great that's great okay Uh, what i want to do oh go ahead evan go ahead before we move on um i'm just gonna read you guys the headlines because I am intrigued. Now. We're still on the so Candyland movie. Just, okay, this yes. This is going to be a little <laughs> teaser for whoever you know wants to investigate further. I looked up Candyland movie Adam Sandler, July seventeenth, twenty fourteen. Sony's Adam Sandler Candyland film threatened in lawsuit. <laughs> oh uh, wow! There's July twenty fifteen. After being stuck in the molasses swamp for years, Adam Sandler's long gestating Candyland movie is now starting from scratch at Warner Bros. Next result. June 8, 2020, <laughs> the Lost Adam Sandler blockbuster movie. Wow. Okay. That's his journey here. It's going through the ringer, guys. Like, <laughs> will we ever see it? You never know. I feel wow. like Candyland is like the perfect, um, like, millenn- like, like group costume for Halloween next year. Yeah. Like, I've nobody expects it. it. Candyland mm. is so perfect for Halloween. I think I might. I don't have enough friends to do that with, but maybe I'll. <laughs> Who's going to take one for the team and be gloppy? All right, uh, what fern get, fern goalie character would you dress up as Halloween for slash cosplay as? Oh, go, Alex, you first. God, I want to do Pip, but I got nipples, so I got to go with Zach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Fair glad enough. you guys thought that was funny. <laughs> I feel like you got to be like Hexes. I really like like oh. the monitor lizard type looking thing. That was one of my favorite animated parts. Yeah, the like lizard that almost eats Zach. But I feel like if like I want to wear a dress like Maggie wears because mm. I feel like Krista. Mm. If you dress as Krista, you're just gonna look like you're like jungle, and then like yeah. it's not gonna really read they're in the room. Yeah, I agree. That's fair. That's Evan, fair. who are you dressing as? One of the bug uh, boys. I'd say Hex's final form, but I was really just fishing for a nipple joke. We didn't even talk about it. Okay, great. Okay, okay. Right, Good stuff. Let's... This is over, right? We're done. Yeah. Right? That's a great note to end on. No, yeah. I like to end on just kind of closing thoughts. Um, we'll start with uh, you, Evan. What, what are your closing thoughts on Fern Gully? Um, it was... It was a lot of fun. Honestly, I know we kind of shit on it, but like it, it is a good movie. Very fun soundtrack. You'll be delighted by all of the voice actors in it because there's a lot of recognizable names. Um, it is a sign of what could have been if mm. the world didn't all meld into one mega studio, 
like there was a time where there were different animated properties where even mm. Warner Brothers would was putting out animated movies uh and, and they were all kind of I mean not quite as competitive as Disney because that's all everyone remembers from the 90s but like there were other movies the land before time the brave little toast mm. there's like random weird shit out there <laughs> I miss uh, those and days Fern, Fern Gully was probably like one of the best of them so yeah it's a good it's a good watch you'll enjoy it uh soundtrack is fucking fire i'm gonna listen to it this week go yeah i i don't know that it was streaming on any platforms <laughs> i might not be listening to it then <laughs> you oh no no I, the soundtrack you can get on Spotify. Oh, okay. i'm saying the movie itself oh oh okay uh i think you have to buy or rent or get it for free from the uh <clears throat> library uh <laughs> and not kisscartoon.com or whatever um but yeah go never. watch it it's great yeah yeah so my closing thoughts here, kind of like what Evan said. I know we poked fun at it. We, we shit on it at times. But that's kind of the charm and part of the fun is there was nothing so bad that I was like, I need to turn this off. I would, I'd be like, oh, that's funny. Or like, I liked it. Like, or I'd be like, I wrote it down because I knew we'd talk about it, like the no nipples thing. And so like, there's a lot of like, this is like a forgotten gem in my opinion. Something I had never seen, never heard of, but... I have to imagine there are a lot of kids born like in the late eighties, mid to late eighties that like love this movie and probably haven't heard its name in like 10, 15, 20 years. You know what I mean? And so I'm excited for, for those people if they find the podcast, because um, it holds up. That's my review. I think you can watch it again and you will have a good time and not feel like you wasted your time because it's also, it's not long. It's good. Give it a watch. Thoroughly enjoyed. Mm. We'll be listening to the soundtrack and dare I say, might watch Fern Gully too. Just kidding. Not going to do that. <laughs> Psych. All right. What about you, Naomi? Closing thoughts. Um, I, this movie flew by. I really thought it was going to be like a trudge. I was like, damn, what the frick did I sign us all up for? But actually it was really fun. I mean, if you are a fan of like Robin Williams and you're a fan of the voice work that he did in Aladdin or you're a fan of Tim Curry, I really think mm-hmm. this is a movie you should totally watch because uh, before this, like really famous actors doing voice performances was so much less of a thing. And it's really interesting to see two of the best voice actors yeah. I know uh, doing a really great job. Um, I also think that in general, it's it's great to support animation that is not Disney and it's great to expand your palette and look at other movies that are not just about princesses or not mm. just about, you know, heroes rescuing other heroes. I think that this is a fun movie. And, you know, we I guess we all have to think a little bit more about the environment. I'll go recycle when I'm done with this. Um you know, maybe wear my jeans two days in a row to make sure I don't, like, <laughs> you know, waste all that money washing them. But overall, I had a really fun time talking about this with you guys. Like, yeah. this movie is fun to make fun of, but it's also really fast and the songs are peppy and, like, it just mm-hmm. goes. So mm-hmm. put it on, yeah. watch it, 76 minutes of your life, you'll be fine. Like, what, are you going to go watch, like, another Marvel TV show? Watch <laughs> yeah. this movie, you know? It's like an episode yeah. of Euphoria. It's it's you'll you'll survive. <laughs> you know what? It's got a lot of similarities to Euphoria. I, I really think Rue and uh, Krista would dress very similar. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, this this surface like one more little mini rant in my head is that like it's also indicative of a time where not everything was polarized. Like 
a good piece of content, a good movie could exist. It's not like everything nowadays has to be the best movie of all time or the worst movie of all, all time, but mm. there's so much in the middle. Eternals is a yes. good movie. <gasps> Maybe it's not the best movie, but it's such a good movie. It's not the worst. Like it's, people either <laughs> shit on something or they say it's the best movie ever. When in reality, they're probably somewhere in the middle. Spider-Man No Way Home was fun. Not the best thing I've ever seen, but it was fun. I don't know. I'm just ranting now. I agree. We we don't need movies to be the best or the worst thing of all time. You can still enjoy a movie without it breaking your top 10 list or whatever. So I think that's a great great note to end here. And, you know, just also uh, recycle everyone, please, for Fern Gully. I don't know. We need to do more. I think that's what I'm being yeah. told. Just kidding. All right. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on Naomi. This, yes. uh, thank I, you. Shocked. You had not seen this before as well. Love the energy though. <laughs> Loved everything about this. Try new things. folks. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, why don't you tell uh, people at home where they can find you, listen to you, wh- whatever you'd like to plug. Now's a good chance. Well, if you want to watch something that is not uh, Disney animation, highly suggest the movie Klaus, which is a Christmas movie that mm. I watched a uh, couple, like I think a year ago it came out or less. Really fun. Uh, highly suggest that movie uh, as a fun animated feature. Um, for me, uh, I have the Live Reality Games podcast. Right now we're covering Project Runway and Silent Podcast. We're going to be covering Top Chef, which is so oh, exciting. I have right. a podcast called uh, Mike White was robbed, which is a survivor yes. hot take podcast that both of you are welcome on anytime. Uh, but we talk about uh, the things that you probably send to your survivor group chat that everyone gets mad at you for saying. Oh, so uh, that's great. <laughs> take a listen. Uh, I've also done. I've I've been on Renap. I was on the RHP Rewind, and those are two of my favorite things. Mm. Um, but most importantly, uh, I am annoying on Twitter, and that is at Naomi Calhoun. Uh, very important that you keep up with all of my bad ideas. Uh, on, on the internet that's really where you have to go you know i am contradicting what she said she is not annoying on twitter at all very funny <laughs> worth the follow thank you so much for being here evan what uh just because i don't have any of this ready can you give out our socials <laughs> <laughs> yes uh if you enjoyed this episode uh make sure to follow us on apple Podcasts and spotify leave us a rating that's always really helpful but you can also tweet at us at two dudes watch on twitter Comment on our reels and posts and stuff on Instagram at two dudes watch cartoons. If you want to write in a movie suggestion or any thoughts yeah. about Fern Gully or anything we've covered, email us at two dudes watch cartoons <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, I, think yeah, I think that will do it for this episode of the podcast. Great stuff. Thank you again for coming. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah thank you. Woo! Two dudes watch cartoons.